there's a treasure trove of information about magic spanning, you know, 500, 600 years, right? No one for those 500, 600 years has written a book about doing magic virtually. <laughs> now, all the tools that you've been trained to use as a magician since the moment you pick up a deck of cards when you're 10 years old, gone. Everybody who is in this had to essentially pioneer a completely new way of doing this art form of magic that exi has existed for thousands of years. Hey everybody, I'm your host Stephen Pulverin and this is Hodinky Radio. This week we've got a fan favorite joining us in the virtual studio, magician Dan White. You might remember Dan from episode 38 of Hodinky Radio, or his episode of Talking Watches with Jack, or from his show at the Nomad Hotel in New York City, or his countless appearances on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Like I said, he's a fan favorite and he's really part of the Hodinky family at this point. When I heard that Dan was doing a Zoom-based magic show, since he hasn't been able to perform in person, I was extremely curious and immediately had to get tickets. I can honestly say it might be the most fun experience I've had since quarantine started almost a year ago, and I think it's a must-see for literally anyone listening to this. It had me sitting on my couch at home, Manhattan in hand, with a big, dumb smile on my face for a solid 90 minutes. That's pretty tough to beat these days. On today's show, Dan and I talk about what it was like for a highly interactive performer to reimagine his craft for a world of social distancing, what he's learned about magic in the process, and what his next show might look like after the world starts to open up again. We also talk about watches and how we've been embracing our hobbies this year. And, of course, Dan does a few incredible effects for me on air. Please excuse all of my giggling. I really love magic. Now, if you're listening to this on your podcast player of choice, please go down into the show notes and click the video link to see Dan perform these effects. They're plenty of fun on audio, but you're really missing out if you don't see them too. All right, without further ado, let's do this. Hey, Dan, good to see you. Hey, how's it going? Good, Thank you so much good. for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on, man. Uh, I would say it's been a while, but I mean, I guess I technically saw you like three days ago, four days ago, right? Yeah. Uh, at your show on Zoom. But uh, it's been a while since we've actually like had a conversation in person. Yeah, in a full conversation for sure. How uh, how have you been? How have you been doing? I mean, I say like I'm so in the habit of saying like these last few months, but I guess it's like how's your year been at this point? How's your year been? It's been different. Uh, absolutely been different. You know, I think as a, uh, a live performer uh it's been my world's completely different than it used to be since the last time we actually saw in person um like in every way possible it's completely upside down uh but you know making the most of it and i'm actually having fun and really kind of happy you know where i am personally and mentally um so i i, I can't complain that's good good to hear that um yeah i mean you touched on the fact that like you're a live performer so like when when everything started to get like kind of out of whack last like January, February, and then by March, uh, you know, we started to have to, to quarantine in New York, kind of locked down. Um, like what what was going through your head? Like your your whole world, as you said, just goes upside down immediately. Yeah, I mean, it, it, immediately when it first happened, it was like, oh, no, we're going to have to cancel a couple of shows. 
this is going to stink. Right? So I was, yeah. like, I was like, okay, well, well, no, actually, you know what, to be completely honest, the first thought was, oh, no, my, our sh my, the show that I do, which you've seen the live show, uh, is there's a lot of interaction and touching. I'm touching people. People are touching things. People are really close together. So the first thought was, okay, we need to make the show a little bit more, like less uh, kind of close up. I mean, there's one trick, right? Like almost kiss somebody in, in the, the, the old show. So I was like, all right, we're going to cut that trick uh, and we're going to do some other things and maybe we'll distance people a little bit. And we did like this whole rehearsal for like two, three days of like, okay, how to make this show a little less uh, up in your face. Um, and then things were looking like, okay, we can't even do this show for a couple weeks. And I was like, oh man, I got to take a couple weeks off. This is going to stink. Um, and then, oh, maybe a month. And then it just like, kept snowballing and, uh, you know, until, until it got to the point of like, okay, we haven't done this show in two months. You know, I might not do this show for a while. Uh, up to the point where I was like, okay, now I need to transcribe the whole show. So I had to write out the whole show because I, I, the show that I did in New York wasn't scripted at all. It basically evolved from the way I talk normally and it became the script um, just from, because I, I think magic works really well when it feels natural. Uh, yeah. So I scripted it naturally. So afterwards I had the script memorized that was just essentially me talking normally. But then I had to uh, transcribe that whole thing because I was worried that I was going to forget it. And I think I almost pretty much have forgot uh, what I used to say uh, or like my whole script for the last show. So once I start up again, it's going to be a big deal to, to memorize it uh, again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the close up nature of your show is something that, you know, when I saw it last last year and actually I'm trying to think, I guess I saw the show. It would have been like. I guess it would have been like January. It would have been like not that long before things closed up. Yeah, you know, it was because I remember you sent me a, a beautiful book. And oh. uh, it, during at the beginning of the quarantine, it was like nice to have that book like right <laughs> on my coffee table. It was like it was right there. So you're right. I think it probably wasn't that that long ago. Actually, real quick, let me cut you off. Yeah, I'm going to show you a trick real quick. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm never going to complain wanna, about that. Just super quick one. Do you want to see a, 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 a card trick or a watch trick? Uh. Let's let's do a watch trick, I guess. Like, why not? We're on we're on this show. Like, let's let's go Makes for sense. it. Makes sense. All right, we'll do a card trick. Uh, watch the card. <laughs> just watch. Just watch. Here's the thing. Watch. You ready? Okay. I take the card. Just watch. Oh, <laughs> that's a hell of a start to the episode. I mean, I guess for the people listening in audio, uh, go check out the video clip. Like, we'll link it in the show notes. But uh, you definitely you definitely want to see this. I would even say like. Pause the episode and go watch it. Yeah, so you, I mean, you you transitioned everything to Zoom. And, like, where, where did that idea come from? Like, at what point were you like, okay, I can't perform this in person. But, like, may, maybe there's a way around this. Uh, well, it, it took a while. So, um, after everything sort of went crazy and we had to, to stop doing the show, um, I started doing a few things online just for people one-on-one -on -one. um and it was actually uh the tonight show with jimmy fallon that uh asked me to be on uh, virtually so i kind of created a routine for for that show and it was at that point that i was like okay well maybe i can do magic for more people than just one person but it still definitely wasn't like okay let's do a, a full show um, I had gone with my wife up to, to out to the country for uh, a couple weeks right after everything sort of started but died down a little bit and it was there that uh, I kind of 
came up with this idea of doing a, a thing virtually and, and sending people objects and things like that. Um, and it was around the same time that other magicians had started doing the same thing. And I think we, as a collective group, realized that magic's actually possible over Zoom. Um, and I think more so than any other art form, really live art form, and because, because it's so interactive, you know, you're still doing things uh, with a magician. You're, you're still, um, you know, taking part in the magic. And there's a, a, a surprise factor that doesn't necessarily happen like if you were just watching Netflix or something, right? If you could, you could see a, a, a singer or a comedian on Netflix and watch it at home without it being live. There's no need for it to be live uh, on your screen. Whereas with magic, it actually enhances the fact that you're taking part in it because you're 50% of the equation. Um, I'm asking you to do things and you're doing things in your own hand. Uh, and if you weren't doing those things, it wouldn't be as fun if you were just watching it. So uh, strangely, it, it all sort of kind of made sense and it, it, it came together. Um, it was a lot more process after that, but that was sort of the initial, mm -hmm. uh, you know, idea for it. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that, that, you know, Gray, Gray also attended the show last weekend. And yeah. one of the things he and I were talking about both immediately after and like, you know, basically nonstop since is the fact that we'd both seen the live show and we kind of expected the Zoom show to be like a, an adapted version, but like kind of the same idea. And I was really blown away by how it's a completely different experience. Like the the styles of tricks, the sorts of illusions you're doing, like the way the show is structured, the types of things you're doing are like, they feel natively geared to the platform you're doing them on. And I, I wonder how you had to change thinking about your art form and, and thinking about how you present and how you interact with people and like, what sorts of things you what sorts of things work and what sorts of things don't work like from the ground up as you built this new show yeah well thank first of all thank you for noticing that um you know some those are those little touches that i'm not sure <laughs> if everybody picks up on um but yeah i mean from the beginning of this whole thing when i first started conceptualizing the show and the show took about uh six months just to fully realize mentally even before we started performing it um, the, the, the hard part really was how, how to make a show that feels fresh, uh, and new on this new platform. And at the beginning, I, I really was very adamant that I didn't want to just do a virtual version of my stage show. Um, because a, there's going to be people who've seen the, the live show and it's not going to, I guess, be that interesting if they're just seeing the same show again. Uh, but secondly, is because not all the things that I did in the stage show would even really have that much impact uh, over Zoom because of the fact that, uh, it, like I said before, you'd be just watching it versus actually experiencing it. So when I sort of looked at this whole thing from a, a, a sort of a, a long view scope of, of what I wanted to do, the most important thing was that things happen in your hands. That was the most important thing uh, and that the, the actual being on Zoom, it was actually an enhancement rather than a uh, thing that affected the magic negatively. And there are a lot of enhancements for, for being on Zoom because you being right where you are now, you have a comfort level because you are in your house. Uh, I can't see half of what is behind you, half the other room, right? So that's an impossible situation for me to be in and it makes it more difficult for me, but because it's more difficult for me, it's more possible for you. Uh, so it's, it's 
taking advantage of the feeling that you have of that comfort um, was, was a big sort of thing for me. Um, the hardest part, really, though, uh, was I wanted to create a mood um, because that was one of my favorite things about the work that I put into the, the live show is that, you know, there's sort of a mood from walking into the hotel um, and, uh, you know, seeing the different people and the, the decorations and the whole thing, walking up the stairs, there is a mood created. My biggest worry is that if you're going to be in your house, on your couch, there's no mood. You control the mood. I have no control over that. Um, so we, we do a, a number of things with the, what we send you, um, how the order in which you take things out, the music that we use. Uh, it's still something that uh, I haven't quite figured out. One of my dream things that I was like in my notebook at the beginning is like, I wish I could figure out a way to connect to people's like smart lights, right? So that I could set their lighting in their own house, right? Because that's... You know, you take for granted going to a show, but the, the, the first three seconds of going to a show where the lights shut off, boom, you're in a mood. You're, you're separated from the world, and that's the, the goal of movies and theater is like to take you out of it. Um, so realizing that I couldn't do that was one of the, the harder, harder things mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, I think the, the whole, I mean, the moment that you're, you're you know, your team when we, when we invited you to come on and, and have this chat and then Gray and I decided we were going to go to, to your show first, you know, was they were like, oh, we have something to send you. And I was like, wait, there's like, there's a box coming. Like what's, what's going on here? Um, but it, that, that element a of just like the anticipation that creates, like you get, you get a package, like you're getting like a gift basically, you know, which is, yeah. is, and the fact that, you know, part of the show was sitting in my apartment for three days before the show, you know? So it's like, right there's there's a reveal that is already in there and like i don't know what it is i don't know what it's going to be i don't know how excited i'm going to be about it but like it's there and that kind of anticipation i actually thought was really interesting to me uh and not yeah. something that i think pre-pandemic i could have imagined like i would never have imagined a show to work like that and i think it does set that tone and that mood from the beginning that like you're being taken care of. You're in, you know, Dan's world here. And, and there's kind of like surprises waiting for you. And you just have to wait and see how they kind of unfold in your in your living room. Yeah, I mean, so I've worked a lot with uh, Will Gadara, who, who um, is the restaurateur from 11 Madison Park and the Nomad. Uh, and talking to him before the, this even doing the show, uh, some of his advice was, you know, extending the experience. Um, and I think that's good advice for, for any sort of person who's creating an experiential thing, whether it be restaurants, movies, anything. Uh, figuring out how to extend the experience as long as possible. Um, and sending the box early like that is one of those uh, extending circumstances that I'm, you're kind of in my world. I'm in your head two weeks before you know the, the the show even starts, and I think that's kind of a a, a really kind of interesting thing. And I, I'm glad you felt that because that that was the point. You know. Oh, good. <laughs> it's it's nice when it works that way, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think a related point to that is is and you you touched on it a little bit, but it's it's not just creating mood. It's also like people's attention at home is is tough. You know, like when you come to the nomad and you're sitting at a cocktail table with somebody and you're all dressed up and there's like the lights go down like i'm sure people do it but like most people are not going to like pull out their phone and check their email most people aren't like listening to something with one airpod in you know uh, right i wonder if you have you had you know either had any issues or did you have to like figure out workarounds to make sure that 
you know, in the middle of the show, you don't cut to somebody uh, to, you know, have them participate. And they're like, you know, 200 words deep in responding to an email. No, absolutely. Distractions are, are a real thing. But actually, before I answer that question, let's uh, I want to I want to throw out just the idea of a distraction really quick, real quick. I just want you to think of any word, right? You know, make it kind of a silly word, not just like the or anyone you want. Just the first thing that comes to your head. Not okay, even a, big a silly, one, a like, silly word. Yeah. Okay. Say it out loud. Uh, hippo. Hippo, hippo, like uh, like the animal, right? Like the animal, yeah. That, I don't know that why that popped story. into my head, but when you said silly word, hi hippo. That's perfect. So here's the thing: you were talking about like interruptions, distractions. At some point from this moment until the end of the interview, I just want you to interrupt me and say the word hippo whenever you feel like it. But it's important that you don't tell me when you're going to do it. Don't make it like uh, I'm going to say it right now. Just say the word. Okay. Sound good? Okay, that That's sounds good. Word. That's your word. All right. Oh, but man. the question I, was, the I question love where was, this is going. I'm very happy about this. The question was, right. How do you deal with distractions and things like that from people uh, watching? And it absolutely happens. There's totally times where I can see somebody looking at their phone or doing doing something else. Um, and there's no way I can really control that. Like, it's just impossible. So instead, it, it's about distracting them with my things and that's why those physical tangible objects are really important because you want to know okay here's another envelope oh, okay that's another thing in the things that i send you none of the things are revealed to you as soon as you open the box right there's multiple layers to each thing so you open the box everything is wrapped in it's essentially another box or another piece of packaging because mystery in itself just the idea of mystery just like we're doing right now where i'm telling you to say the word at some point it keeps you connected. It keeps you focused because you want to know why, why did I even ask you to do that? Why is there this thing in this envelope? What's inside this envelope? If I had just let everything just sort of hang out in the box right there, I think a lot more people would be a lot more distracted because they know exactly what it is. Even if the thing that they're opening doesn't do anything, just the mystery of it in itself is inherently a point of attention. And I think it always will be. You know, if I told you behind this door, there is... Uh, a, a dollar bill, right? That's cool. You'll you might open the door, you might not. Now I need a dollar. I'll go grab it. But if I say behind that dollar, that door is something that I don't want you to know about, right. completely changes the whole thought process of what's that what that door is, um, and it really zeroes in people's attention because they it, we have like such a nature to solve and to understand that just putting a question mark on something immediately makes you need to pay attention. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Um, but we've had some crazy things happen. I mean, you know, we'll just you, sometimes you just see in the background, you know, people doing things, not realizing their cameras at a certain angle. And, you know, <laughs> I'm, I am uh, sure you've seen some things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, in addition to this, like you've touched on the ideas of like mood and mystery. But one of the other things that I think, you know, really stood out to me about the the show with the nomad and i think came through really well in in the online show is the energy uh and you mentioned it a little bit that like your script is very natural like your patter is very conversational and real and like it doesn't feel like i'm watching some like old-timey magician in like a top hat with a monocle on like this is right, right. this is like a person who like if i met on the street or at a bar or whatever like you could have a real conversation with and I would imagine that's also really hard to translate because 
at least at the Nomad, like, you can control the mood so you can kind of control the energy. Whereas, right. like, here, you're you're bringing what you're bringing, but, like, you have everything from, you know, on the show we attended, like, you had everything from, you know, uh, groups of four or six people all dressed up, like, they set the mood, they had candles lit, like, they were really in it uh, with, like, the show up on their TV and the whole thing. All the way to like, you know, you had some, you know, couples who were like in their sweatpants with all their lights on on their like giant overstuffed sofa. And it's like, I would imagine hard for you to to maintain that kind of like momentum when it's when it's like that. No, it's it's absolutely true, man. First of all, I got to say you are just asking the best questions. Like <laughs> I've, you totally watched a show and you're like picked up on all of the things I've heard. I just I appreciate that because uh, these are all like those little things I've been like. Uh, so difficult to try to figure out for so many months. And so to, to be at the place where someone can even just recognize it from even just watching it for a couple hours, really great. So thank you for that. Um, but so just to answer your question, yeah, everybody's in a different sort of mood, a different, different sort of space. And keeping that energy is super important. But the hardest part for me is when I first, so, so I first started doing these shows and I was in uh, not a much different setup than this. It was just, it was like messy in the background. And, you know, I had to like put a white wall. And at, the, at that very beginning, like we're talking, you know, maybe May uh, of me doing shows for people online, it immediately became so apparent how much different the energy is on my side um, because I can't hear people react. Right. Essentially, uh, yeah. when you when you do when you do a Zoom, if it's more than two or three people, maybe more than five people, you got to mute it. Else it becomes like a cacophony of sound. You're hearing echoes and blah, 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 and craziness. Um, so so at the very beginning, I would do something. I'd be like, all right, boom, check it out. And then silence. Right. Ooh. So I'm just talking to myself in a room, having to maintain the energy uh, understanding and like knowing that people are reacting but not being able to hear it see it feel it or anything so it's like this big kind of bubble for the first few months of like okay i have no idea if people are liking this it feels like a, a comedian on stage telling a joke and no laughter like that it's just it's like that nightmare fuel of yeah. what that feels like and that's what zoom was for so long and it still is like that but I've been able to just like get used to it. Like I just, I know what it feels like. I know what it sees like. Uh, and I've got a thing where I can like unmute some people, right? For, mm. So you can like, so unmute like five or six. After five or six, seven people, it, it becomes like too loud. But like I, I constantly unmute people during the show. Like we've got, I've got a button here that just like unmutes half of the group, you know? Um, so that has helped, but it took a while to even figure that out. Uh, and that, that helps a little bit. Uh, but it still feels like I'm just doing, basically talking to myself for two hours. So I've had to get like to the point where I'm like, all right, okay, I gotta let's let's bring this up, because it's not like a Zoom conversation like we're having right now. It's not one on one. It's for right. a whole group of people, and as more, the more people you add, the less people are there. If that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I was going to ask you like what the thing you miss most about performing live is, but it sounds it sounds like that might be the answer, right? Yeah, no, like that that energy of being in a room full of people is a great energy, and it's um, there's no real like definition of it. It's not just the sound, it's not just uh, the smells, it's not it's not just, it's the energy, and you you can't you, there's no way to replicate that. 
Um, and that's definitely the, the, the thing I miss. And it, it's like addictive and, and it, it's a domino effect. If one person gets like hyped up in a room, everybody gets, you know, it just goes yeah. throughout the whole thing and it circulates. It's, it, is a, it is a real energy. And that is uh, the biggest thing that I miss for sure. Yeah. Well, I wonder, I mean, like long term, right? Like hopefully, you know, people are starting to get vaccinated in a in a real way. I've started to get notes from from some older uh, friends and, and acquaintances saying that they're they're vaccinated and they're starting to try to get back to semi normal life, I guess. Um, yeah. As things transition, like what's do you have a long term plan here? Is is this something that you plan on being a part of your repertoire kind of long term? Or is this do you really view this as kind of like a, a stopgap? Yeah, so I'll tell you, just throughout the whole, all the months that have passed through this whole thing, it's been a lot of like, what is my career? What am I doing with my life? How is magic? You know, it's like, it's been like a real existential thing. Well, I just, I, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop you there uh, yeah. and say like, what are you doing with your life? Uh, like, how is magic helping? Um, like, and I, I mean this totally honestly, like this was the most fun night I have had in my apartment since quarantine started. Like oh. this, this was like a pure joy. Uh, my wife and I did it together, uh, had an absolute blast, drank a few too many Manhattans during and after the yes. show. Yeah. And like, it it was awesome. And like that sort of like delight, and especially getting that delight by logging onto a Zoom call on a Saturday night is like completely insane. And the fact that you've been able to do that, like, I, I'm just going to cut you off there and say like, the thing you're doing is re like genuinely important. And I don't mean that in a sort of like archway. It is yeah. it is a real like balm on on all of this nonsense. I I appreciate that a lot because a lot of work went into you know making it feel that way. I wanted people to feel special on Zoom, and I didn't want to f them to feel like they were just at another work call. Um, <laughs> so again, I'm I'm, I'm glad. I mean, you, I, I have spreadsheets so... you could finish for me if you really want to. <laughs> yeah. like, I've got I've got stuff for you to do, but yeah. I'm just glad it. it, it, it it felt fun and, and refreshing Good. and um, like exactly what what I wanted it to, to feel like. But, you know, all the months leading up to it, it was like, what, what what's magic? What 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 is what is a magician? What is a live performer? And I'm so I'm sure so many other people are feeling those same sort of things. It's just like question mark after question mark. Um, so, you know, to your question of what what's next, uh, I think that virtual magic shows are still going to be around for mm. a while. Um, and I think that because of how well magic actually can work virtually. Um, uh, I think there will be certain times where people would prefer to watch a magic show over Zoom than be in person. But I don't think it's going to, uh, it's gonna be one or the other. I think both will exist uh, concurrently. And I think it's, for me, it'll be like another thing to add to the menu of, of, of things to see me do. You know, so like on Tuesdays, I'll do the Zoom show and on the weekend, I'll do the, the live show um, because I, if at the very beginning of this whole thing, I said, OK, if the show isn't just as good or better than seeing something live, then it's just going to disappear. You know, mm -hmm. so the goal always has been like, I, I want this to exist by itself and it be good, not just a this will 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 settle for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, and then we can move, there's a couple other topics I want to talk about so we can move on a little bit, but um, is there anything about magic as a, as a discipline that you've learned from doing this? Like you've been doing this a while. 
what yeah. what kind of stuff did you learn about your own craft and art that you you didn't know before you were put in this position? Well, here's the thing about magic, right? Magic has so many books. Like, magic is one of the art forms that has the most books written about it of any other thing. Like, it's crazy, and not very many people see them. They're all kind of in weird libraries, and it's like they're not easy to get. But there's a treasure trove of information about magic spanning, you know, 500, 600 years, right? No one for those 500, 600 years has written a book about doing magic virtually, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Everybody who is in this had to essentially pioneer a completely new art form of or new new way of doing this art form of magic that exi has existed for thousands of years uh so it, it's kind of nice to be at this precipice of who knows where it's going to go from here because i don't think the virtual space in magic is is uh going away um so it made me look at magic completely differently because now all the tools that you've been trained to use as a magician since the moment you pick up a deck of cards when you're 10 years old gone everything's gone you don't you know you read if you pick up any magic okay put this in the spectator's hand do this stand the spectator over here stand in front of the stage over here it's all based on human interaction because that's kind of like the best part about magic is those human interactions so not being able to do any of those things that you've learned has been like so eye-opening um, and it's made me really reconsider, as, at least just for this virtual space, of what constitutes a strong bit of magic. What what mm -hmm. is what makes your mouth you know open up and go wow? You know, like what what are those things? And it, they're a lot different, um, but essentially the same uh, as the original stuff. So the original, like the, the classic magic, the strongest things are the things that happen in your own hand, and that still is true here. But now I can't affect those things that are happening in your hand, or it's much harder for me to affect those things. Um, so it's, it's been a complete re-examination, and that's what the first six months of my quarantine were. Mm. Were just, uh, you know, I would just walk around in New York. I'd walk up and down the 28th Street and 30th Street, just around the corners over and over again, like, well, what, what magic effects will work here? Uh, and basically just had to throw out all of my old repertoire, all of the things that I was just so used to. And like, okay, we got to look at everything com completely differently. And I would just walk and walk around, walk around in circles uh, until finally, you know, a, a couple things popped. Um, but it wasn't even until I started doing them for people that I was like, okay, that, mm. that'll, that'll work. And I've got, I'm, I'm lucky because, you know, the show that I did at the hotel, I had this whole team of people that I work with and being able to have them like help me come up with these ideas uh, as well and really examine this new new platform um, was a godsend and it's nice to be, you know just jam with them you know some of them are in California some are in Jersey all over the place so I'd, I'd have I'd, 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 we'd practice over Zoom um, and then everything just sort of fell together but it's mm -hmm. it's definitely magic is in a new new space new world that's awesome. Well, we'll we'll plug this again at the end, but uh, The Magician Online is the show. Uh, there will be a very prominent link in the show notes. And uh, I just want to say to anybody who's listening, like, go, go buy tickets, like, go do this thing. You're not, you're not going to regret it. And like, we don't do hard plugs that often uh, on the show. Right. Uh, but like, I've already bought tickets for my parents. Uh, oh, we nice. have friends who have a birthday coming up who are getting tickets and don't know it yet. Hopefully they don't hear this. Um, but, um, like 
it's so much fun and so just purely joyful. Uh, and like, I can't think of anything better for February 2021 than a thing that just like, I, I had a big dumb smile on my face for an hour and a half nonstop. And like, that's a good feeling right now. Um, yeah. Awesome. Hey, man, you're the best. Like, thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. Um, I, really do. I did want to know uh, what else you've been up to in quarantine. I feel like most people who are kind of like obsessive hobby interested people have like gone deep on something. And so yeah. besides, you know, this, this is a ridiculous question, but like besides having to reimagine your entire career and art form for a contactless world, other than that, uh, what have, what have you been spending time on? What have you been into? What have you been obsessed with? What's, what's been going on in your world? Um, so yes, for the first six months, seven months, it was all thinking about reinventing magic, doing new magic. And, um, it was actually really nice because it made me remember the feeling of having magic as a hobby versus just completely as a job, because it was, you know, I had to re-examine everything and restudy a lot of things and, and remap out things. So I, when I was 10 years old, that's what magic was for me. It was like learning new things, learning all these different techniques that I had nothing, no idea about. And that was the first six months of this quarantine for me was looking at magic. But not only that, learning the technology that has to go into putting on a show. And there was a lot of things that I had to learn, you know, uh, lighting and all the whole monitor setup and new programs and different, you know, hardware to, to make everything connect. So that it was it was like that was a whole hobby job, but I enjoyed it because it made me feel like a kid learning magic for the first time. Hmm. A lot of stuff I didn't know. And I love getting new information where it's like, whoa, that's like the coolest thing. But then after that is doing the show. Uh, and to be honest with you, I have a three year old daughter. And that's been like when I'm not doing magic, that's, you know, I'm yeah. just I'm spending time with her and my wife and uh I've, I've been kind of living this simple hermit life which i think i've always wanted <laughs> you know <laughs> which is I a mean, funny I thing from a person who performs with people for a living no but to be honest a lot of the performers that i've met like at least magicians are kind of strangely shy and quiet uh mm. you know even just uh, big names and it's like on their their non-stage side it's 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 much different and i think that comes from at least from my own uh, experience with that feeling is that when you're on stage when you're performing it's it's so much expressiveness and so much like uh energy needed to give you energy i'm like sharing this energy with you that when you're done with it it's like drain you're just drained and you just want to like just gonna calmly and softly <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um totally so oh let me remind i'm reminded got to rem this is my reminder about your word so i was just, so i was i was debating jumping in there but i'll we'll you give it do whatever we'll give it you want minute. i don't want to i don't want to influence you this is super okay. important i don't okay maybe um, i do <laughs> maybe, yeah who knows yeah um i did want to ask also about watches uh yeah so in quarantine uh a lot of people have kind of gone inward and, you know, the, the, this goes along with getting deep into hobbies, right? And people have, you know, we found a lot of folks we've had on the show have said that, you know, quarantine has actually been a great time for them to, like, really enjoy this hobby because it's something you can enjoy kind of at home, you know, virtually with friends and, and really doing a lot of research and getting deep on it. And I wonder, is there anything watch-related that, that you've kind of discovered during quarantine, whether it's new pieces you're interested in, something historical you didn't know, like any, any watch updates from you? 
Well, thank, I've been enjoying your book, especially oh, at the beginning thank you. Uh, of, of quarantine. That's been sort of the, the, the um, like just a nice thing just to look through and see all these different watches and, and read about them. Um, but to be honest, the, the, my watch, I guess, collecting has definitely slowed down uh, because of this. And I think it's for two reasons. Um, the first being, at, at the beginning of this, my career was kind of just disappearing, right? Like I could see yeah. it slipping away. So, the, you know, there's that monetary aspect of collecting watches, which I was like, you know what, I, I don't think I should be doing this right now. Uh, I need to focus on figuring out a way to, to survive. I have no job anymore. Totally. So it was like that. Um, but now that things are picking up, uh, I'm ready and looking to, 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 to get a few new pieces. And now I've been talking to my friends. I've got a few dealer friends and, uh, the, you know, Instagram is such a great resource to be able to see new stuff. And especially like some of the older models and the, 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 the pre-owned stuff. Um, but now what I realized is after getting like reinvigorated into to, uh, studying watches, I realized one of the biggest things for me when I decide to get a watch or even just figure out which watch I really like, one of the biggest things is trying a watch on. Like I can't mm. make that decision without putting it on my wrist. I, okay. Maybe some people can just from knowing, right? Yeah, but totally. I, I think for me, especially because my, I have really slender wrists. I'm a little bit taller than most people. I, I need to get the proportions right. Yeah. So I, and I, I, like, I haven't gone into a watch store um, really since this whole thing started because, uh, you know, I, I, there's it's a hands-on sort of thing and I've totally. been sort of hesitant to do it. So I've been looking at things that I would like, but I won't be able to make any really decision until I, I, I actually try them on. I don't know. How's it been for you in, in that in terms of that? Like, has that been a thing, like trying watches on that you haven't ever worn before? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think if I've been in a watch store. You know what? I went into the Rolex boutique in New York, um, the Midtown boutique, once for about 20 seconds right after all the new watches came out just to see if yeah. they had anything in stock so I could see it. Because um, right. I hadn't, I hadn't even seen like press samples yet, and I happened to be down in that area, you know, dropping something off with with a friend, and popped in. Um, very quickly realized they didn't have anything, and uh, hit the hand sanitizer pump on my way out the door. Um, right, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, for the site, we've been shooting things. So I've, you know, until I came out to California, I had a pretty steady set of samples coming through the office in New York. Um, so I got to see stuff, but it's, yeah, it's definitely yeah. been weird. And, you know, we've talked about it, including on this show. Um, you know, my, my colleagues and I have talked about how different it is trying to cover new products that you can't see. Um, it makes being yes. a product journalist really hard. Um, and you end up relying a lot on gut. And like, at this point, I know that like, you know, I end up asking Jack a lot of questions and John, like these guys have been doing it longer than me. And my intuition, I feel like, is pretty pretty well honed at this point. But like, I'll see something and be like, I don't, I don't have a good read on this, uh, and I can't tell anything from the renderings or whatever. Uh, Jack, what do you think? You know, and usually he's got some kind of insight. But yeah, it's been you know just just like everybody else, figuring out new ways to do our jobs, new ways to keep audiences happy, new ways to to deliver what we need to deliver. And yeah, I mean, I guess. 
it kind of actually segues to another thing I wanted to talk about, which is is things that you've learned over the last year and not just about magic, but kind of more broadly. Like, are there any lessons you've really taken away from the experiences of the last year? There's so much pessimism that I, I wonder if there's anything sort of like optimistic, anything good that you feel like you're you're going to be able to take out of this, uh, like in between time we're in now. Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the biggest things I learned is not to take anything for granted. I mean, immediately after this whole thing, it was like, oh, uh, you know, I can't believe um, everything that I had has like been taken away. Um, and so that was the first like at the beginning was like never take anything for granted. Realize that uh, appreciate everything you've got, you know, really show that appreciation because it's important because who knows what could happen. But then after that, it was it, for me, it was. Now, you know what, Dan, point, before before you get too yeah. far into this, uh, Hippo. Oh, okay, great. All right, so hold on, let's see what time is it. What time is it right now? Uh, I've got on my phone one uh, twenty nine. Is that is that what you have on your phone? Uh, yes, I'm three hours behind you, but yes, I have ten twenty nine on my phone. So well, okay, my my time is essentially one twenty nine, and I didn't tell you to say the word Hippo either. No, 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 not not at all. That was completely a choice. I don't know if you realize, but this entire time, um, I've had a piece of paper behind me, right? A white piece of paper inside oh. that picture frame, right? Yes. You see that, right? But it, you can play it back. That's been there the entire time. Hasn't moved. You could have said stop at any second, any minute in this whole thing, and you could have said any word at all. I'm oh, going to check no. this out. Because this crazy? It says. Oh, are you kidding me? You will me? say hippo at one twenty nine. <laughs> that is insane. Nice. Uh, again, for anybody listening to just the audio, like, please, please go watch this video clip. We will have it. Please go watch it. Uh, that is wild, Dan. I'm just glad you said hippo. I'm just glad you said hippo. <laughs> I could have I changed my mind halfway through. We would have had a problem. Absolutely. Oh, man. I'm glad you stuck with it. That's incredible. Uh, sorry, sorry for interrupting your very thoughtful answer. No, I'm glad you did. Uh, to, that to do that. A, I'm glad you stopped me right at that moment. Um, so yeah, things we've things we've learned. Things we've learned. So the, yeah, the second thing is that for me, being in the situation where uh, I didn't know it was going to happen, now in retrospect, looking back on all the things that I've done personally, I, I think it's. Starting from zero and getting back to a place of rel relative um, normalcy in my career um, made me confident that no matter what gets thrown my way, you can figure out how to how to manipulate yourself and, and reinvent yourself. So I think it, it's, it, it's two parts of this whole year have been uh, not taking anything for granted and being able to re reinvent anything, any situation that you're in for anybody um, and being confident in that ability. Uh, I, I think a lot of people get sort of stuck in their heads thinking that I can, it can only be this way, it can only be this way. Um, but if you take everything, erase, bring everything back to zero, uh, I know that myself and I think everybody uh, can figure out ways to, to completely change their, their environment. Um, and it, it's all kind of just a belief in yourself and um you know a desire for what that thing is amazing i love that it's confidence really it's uh, I, I didn't have any of it at the beginning and it all came back and it's it's amazing to, that you can i think anybody if they if they really have a set path and a desire they, they can make it work
That's awesome. Um, well, then I guess the last thing before we wrap up, I think you have you have one more effect for us. But uh, yes, before that, um, I just want to ask: Do we have? Is there anything new coming up in your world? Anything other than the Magician Online that you wanna that you wanna plug or give people a kind of sneak peek at or teaser for? Um, really, it's just it'll be for me. The next new thing will be the live re reinvention mm. of the live show. Um, so that is something that I haven't figured out yet because I don't know what our world is going to look like. You know, I'm very confident everything's going to be back to normal pretty soon. Hopefully by you know summer. Uh, but I don't know what that new normal is. Um, mm. so as a magician, I'm going to be figuring that out. So when when I've got new stuff, I will be coming to you for sure. Perfect. One question I had for you, I'm just curious about watches in general. Um, what have you noticed as sort of like the trends or the, the what's the general psyche of collectors? Is it, how, has that changed at all through this whole thing? You know, is it like uh, um, more different models are more popular than others, or what's 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 your read? Yeah, I think uh, if I had a, a trend, I would say it's that you know the the stuff that has remained popular and become more popular. Um, is the stuff that's accessible slash relatively accessible, like in the world we're talking about. So like mm -hmm. pieces under five or six thousand um, dollars. Right. You know, really anything under a thousand dollars is going gangbusters. But um, anything under like five six thousand dollars, and then the really high end uh, is is popular because um, the folks who are buying those pieces, like if anything, have made more money over the last year than they normally that's would. Great. So. That's I really that surprised me a lot. It surprised me how I thought for sure that the watch market would kind of slow down through this yeah. whole thing. I mean, where, where where do people need to wear watches to? I mean, how do totally. all these people have all this excess money? Um, but it's the opposite. Like all of the 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 I, I've been looking specifically at, at precious metal stuff because I, I I have don't have anything in my collection uh, any precious metals and so all of those pieces have jumped up in value so much yeah. over the last few months. It's, it's like, it sort of shut me out. It's like, those are the things that uh, I thought for sure would be the ones that wouldn't be so popular. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'll, uh, I'll admit I was kind of hoping prices on gold, uh, day dates and date chests would, uh, drop a little bit, but, uh, so, so exactly. far, cause I was, so I was far, no luck waiting. I was waiting for like I, I really I think the day date like a, a vintage day date is like the best value right yeah. you could possibly could and, not agree more. Uh, but it just now the value is just going up and up and up and yep. it's, it's crazy. I wish I got it at the right, right at the beginning. Yeah, uh, that's the the classic thing with watches is always shit. I should have bought this six months a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> the the days when like you know royal royal oaks could be had for you know four figure price tags was not that long ago um and yeah sadly that's that's not the case for for us anymore but o overall i've been pretty impressed with the watch community and i mean the industry is a whole yeah. separate thing but it's been nice seeing like collectors organize their own meetups and not always with the help of an authorized dealer or us or a red bar or something like they're just doing it on their own. They're just like a bunch of people who love watches and they, you know, somebody buys a Zoom subscription and sends out a link once a week and just hang out. And like, it's nice to see, we talk a lot about community and friendship and like, you know, being a group that thinks of ourselves as, as a group, like it's us together. And sometimes I think that's a little bit of uh, kind of like pomp and circumstance. Um, 
but it was really nice to see over the last year that that's that's true and a lot of people really do think of this as a social thing uh and it's been nice to see people find workarounds and find community in all of this craziness through through watches nice all right so you want to see one more thing yeah take take us home with uh with something funnier all right. Uh, I asked you to bring a deck of cards. Do you have a deck of cards? I do. I have the cards from the show the other night. Oh, perfect. But those, those I haven't tampered with them or anything. Just like, those, I mean, that's a normal deck of cards. You've obviously seen the show. It's all completely normal. Yeah, yeah, they're a totally, as far as I can tell, they are a totally normal deck of cards. I shuffled them a couple times during the show. I've shuffled them since. It should be, everything should be normal. Great. I want you to take the deck. I want you to turn it face down and hold it in your hand. Okay, let's angle. I'll angle my camera down a little here. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Great. And uh, do you have your phone near you too? I do. Great. Can you go to a website for me? Absolutely. All right. It's called danwhiteposter.com. Dan White Poster. That's a hell of a URL, by the way. It's a good one. That's it's great... exactly. What's at that website is the exact uh, thing that I want you to see because it's the exact, my poster, right? Yeah. See my poster here? But it's also on my wall, right? Oh yeah, it's right behind you. Same, same poster, but I just wanted you to get a clearer look at it, right? I want you to take that, uh, that your phone, I want you to look, the, in, in that picture is a picture of me, right? Just staring at you, right? It's an old picture from my show. It's sort of based on an old broadside uh, of, of posters that magicians would have back in like the turn of the century, right? Okay. But right in the center of it is my face. I want you to take a good look into my eyes in that picture. Just sort of look into my eyes. Okay. Good, and put the phone down. Okay. That, that, that picture's staring at you right now. And when you look right, right here, here at the camera, I'm staring at you right now. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to cut uh, like a few cards off the top of the deck, like less than 20 cards off the top. Okay, I got a couple cards here. Great. I want you to take the, that, that packet of cards and I want you to look at the card that you cut to. Look at it and remember it. Okay. You got it? There's got no it. way I could see it right now. I can't see behind you, right? No. I want you to take the rest of the deck, put it to the side. Rest of the deck, put it to the side. And I want you to take that small packet of cards without showing me any of the faces. I want you to give them a mix. Mix okay. them up. Mix them, mix them, mix them, mix them up as much as you want. There we go. Great. So you're thinking of a card right now, right? You just I cut the thinking. deck wherever you wanted. That was completely your choice. That's your deck of cards. I haven't touched them or anything weird. You're thinking of one card in your head. I want you to spread the cards out in your hand right now. Now, again, you shuffled that card in there somewhere. I could have no idea. I want you to make sure you can see every single one of the faces of those cards in your hand. I just can like see you were them playing all. poker. You can see your card. I want you to focus in on the card that you are thinking of with your eyes. But again, I don't know where your card is in that pack because you shuffled them yourself, right? Just focus in and there's no way I can see. Good. I can't see in your glasses or anything like that. Good. Close okay. up the cards. Good. Look right here at me. Now, you would admit there's no way I can know where your card is, right? It's no, just absolutely it's not. impossible. I want you to think of it. In a deck, there's black cards and there's red cards. Okay. The black card, yeah? It's a black card. There's spades and there's clubs. Yeah. Did you see that blink? It was right after I said spades. Was it a spade? It's a spade. 
Is it the four of spades? It's the four of spades. <laughs> but here's the crazy part. Here's the crazy part. Before you did anything, before you even thought of a card, I had you look at one thing. I want you to look at my poster. Look at my poster. Remember I told you to look into my eyes? Yes. Look into my eyes. Actually, zoom right into my eyes. Like right into my pupils of my eyes. So you could have thought of any card <laughs> right in the pupils of my eyes. Oh is my the gosh. Exact four of spades. It says there's a four and a spade. I will screenshot this so that we can uh, we can uh, put it somewhere. But that is absolutely insane. <laughs> All right. If this hasn't convinced you to check this out, I don't I really don't know what to tell people. That is unbelievable. And that's, that's the thing that I think is so fun about this that you, you touched on earlier. It's one thing to go do this in your space on, you know, a Saturday night, the lights are dim. Somebody brings me a cocktail. It's I'm in your world. Like yeah. I'm, I'm in my apartment at 1030 in the morning on a, like a Tuesday. And like to have this experience at home like that is, is unreal. Yeah, and just bringing it all the way home, that's what it is for me. I could sit here and do card manipulations and do cool things, but if I was just doing that, you'd be watching TV, essentially, right? Yeah. The fact that, you know, you, that, that was on, that's your phone, right? That's your deck of cards. <laughs> all that's happening on your end is what's, that's what I would want to see as a spectator. I would want to feel a part of it. Um, because, you know, one thing about magic, and I'm sorry to sort of ramble on about no, it, but no. like magic kind of makes you nervous as a spectator, right? There's a certain yeah. like what's going to happen. And it's, it's that uh, it's the surprise, it's the mystery, it's all of those things because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the end goal is. So having that nervousness still, uh, you know, you feel that same thing, that sort of tension um, is really great because you don't get that from watching magic on TV, right? Because you right. know, it's going to everything's going to work out. You can sit back, you know, exactly. Now, it's, on TV, it's just about figuring it out. But when it's happening in your own hands, you become part of it uh, and you get that same sort of energy. And it, it's, it's really great. It's great to experience. And I'm, 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 I'm glad you are noticing those things because it is a really big difference between live versus virtual. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And this is so much fun. And uh, Dan, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for coming on. It's so much fun to chat uh, anytime we can, especially on mic and... Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, um, go check it out. It's The Magician Online. Uh, we'll link it up in the show notes. Uh, tickets sell out pretty quickly, so I would say be on top of it. And if it's something you want to do, uh, you may have to check in a couple times. But uh, I just personally can't recommend it highly enough. And uh, yeah, Dan, any anything you want to say to close things out? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, re I really appreciate it. And I personally really look forward to get getting back into watches. Um, especially when I can start to try them on and actually feel them. Not that I can't right now, but it, you know, it's it's a little bit of a different thing. Yeah. So. Well, when it's safe, we'll go. Uh, we'll go check some watches out, have some cocktails, and uh, hang out. Yeah. I mean, I just want to hang and get a drink with you. I mean, I think same. Awesome. No. Same. I uh, man, I can't. I, I cannot wait until I can go have a cocktail with friends at the Nomad Bar. Like that is that is top of the list of things to do. Yeah. Oof. Absolutely. Uh Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time and uh, hope to hope to sure. talk to you soon and hope to see you soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.